Riverside. One podcast live from Lancaster and Lewis, Pennsylvania. It's your man's fancy trash can sitting next to you, as always, Captain Boring. And we are, oh, I don't know, a month, right? Removed from the college football season. That sound about uh, right? Just about 20 days or so. All right. Um, do you know how many days it is until college football begins again? No, I, I, I don't know how many days it'll be again, but it's far too many. That's all I know. Far, Normal, far too many. Normally, you have that thing on lock. Well, um, we said we'd take a week off, which was much needed and much deserved. We're back, and we're <coughs> excuse me, and we're ready to go um, with some interesting tidbits. Um, and I'm actually going to start off kind of where we left off last. <coughs> We said we were going to tool up. We didn't, but we didn't need to because, um, man, I'm not one for drama normally, but whatever is happening, whatever is whoever is cooking up at Michigan is really doing a great job at it. <laughs> um, I think it's it was so technically high school. Uh, I think technically it was last week and I, I told you I was going to look into it. And I didn't get to look into it at all. So since we left you guys last, Michigan uh, Jim Harbaugh has officially decided to stay at Michigan. Um, he has extended the to ca- to catch you guys up on. It took the president of the school convincing Jim Harbaugh to stay and announcing it and not telling the athletic director. Um, two days after that, um, and I'm assuming these are related. There's no way that these things aren't related, and I'll tell you why in a second. Two days after that, uh, Weiss, what is his first name? Matt. Matt. It is? I thought it was yep. S. Okay. Nope. Matt Weiss, co-offensive coordinator and play caller for the offense, was put on administrative leave due to a, a, an internet access crime um, that was under investigation. Um, he has since been fired as of, I believe, two days ago, maybe a little bit longer um, due to this internet access crime as well. Now, for those of you who wondered what an internet access crime is, uh, I did too, so I looked it up. Technically, Micaiah, an internet access crime could be you have a password to something. Let's just say you have a password to Michigan.edu onto uh-huh. the network and everything. I log into your pa- – and this is how it is in the state of Pennsylvania at least. I log into the computer with your username and password, and I delete a file. That is an internet access crime on behalf of me, not on you. Nothing to do with you. It, it, that's all. That that's all that I needed to do so, in order to do this. So, so this happened back in December, and then he was placed on leave after the semifinal game, and then it happened where, uh, like a week ago now, or a few days ago, they fired him, but. The, no new information came out besides that. So maybe he did just eh, I it to me this seems the whole thing I don't think Jim and Jim Harbaugh and the AD Ward Manual are getting along at all. So I think Jim went over the AD's head to ask for the things he wants to ask for which are higher salary for him, bigger IN NIL pool for the players and bigger salary pool for his assistant coaches. 
Ward Manuel doesn't like it that there's an uh, lame NCAA investigation against him, uh, Jim Harbaugh, which we'll talk about in just a second. So Jim went over the AD's head to the president, Santa Ono. Santa Ono sided with Jim Harbaugh, and then Ward Manuel... I'm just going to guess that Warren Manuel found some some something lame on Matt Weiss like that and and said told Jim that he can has to be let go because to get back at him. Like this uh, thing is just so high school to me. According to wolverinewire.usa today, um Isaiah Hole uh, we learned someone in Shambeckler Hall illegally accessed a university email for which they had not were not the account holder. Which yeah. is exactly what this is exactly what I just described to you. Ladies and gentlemen, as someone who works in IT, this happens every day. This happens every day in every company, in every university, in the government, all the way down. People get on each other's emails because they either get asked to or like me person got fired so you want to go see if they said something about it and you have the ability and the rights to as a member of the it team these are more accessing someone else's email is a morally gray area the interesting thing is legally email is uh email and all correspondence are are owned by the university so i mean this doesn't say anything this is still high schooler to me this kind of seems like a bash again like a award, and I wish that we had insiders that I could go ask and be like, "Hey, what's the word? What's the word around town?" Because it, it honestly, it seems petty to me. At, at best, Ward Manuel had nothing to do with it at all, but he want he wanted this problem to go away, so he told Jim that he has to fire him because he's trying to renew the Michigan brand, which is you live in the light and you do everything right and you always compete for national championships but, the right way, and that's not how you're going to win a national championship. This isn't going to do anything for you. It, he, he opened another email. What, Someone right, left their it, email logged in and he was scrolling Michigan, through it. It puts Michigan in the news, and that's not where Ward wants the University of Michigan football So does football someone stealing Blake Corum's Camaro? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, right. I mean, it, when it rains, it pours at Michigan. So you have the whole Jim Harbaugh, Ward Manuel, Santa Ono thing. Then you have this Matt Wise thing. And now Blake Corum's 2017 Camaro, which his parents gave to him, was stolen from a parking garage. So, so they're just finding themselves in the news for all the <laughs> wrong reasons. Eh. Eh. So here's my question. Do you think – does this – do they hire an, a different offensive coordinator or do they just promote the other no, guy? No. Well, the, he was co-offensive coordinator, so he shared play-calling duties with Sharon Moore. So Sharon, Sharon Moore will just take over full-time play-calling duties, I'm sure. Where this hurts is the passing game because he was the passing game coordinator and J.J. McCarthy really liked him. But the scheme should stay the same. I was wondering if this is where Kings Cliffberry. I don't know. Cliff Kingsbury, again. Yeah. There I go again. You had it. two weeks to mull it over and you can't, couldn't even hit it. Well, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien left Alabama today to go okay. be the offensive coordinator at New England in new back in New England again. Oh, so they so they did fire Matt Patricia. I was wondering about that. Yep, and so now there's an opening at Alabama, and Roger Robert 
not CFP insider Robert seems to think that that's might be where he ends up. There's no way that's not where he ends up. That's literally the description that we But use. here's the thing. If he ends up there, then the Alabama offensive program has done a complete 180 in like a decade. Ten years ago, they were ground and pound, lined up, line up in the I formation, and run the football. They would have completely gone the opposite direction and now become an air raid system. You're that's just assuming at- he installs an air raid system. Well, that's a, that's the offense he's run. He runs, my dude. What if Cliff he, Kingsbury what if he, is an air raid prodigy. Oh, sure, but maybe he'll install some sort of pro style heavy on the no, passing if game. Kling, if kick. Oh my goodness, Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> See, yeah, rubs off. If Cliff Kingsbury becomes the OC at Alabama, is the beginning of the end of Alabama. Well, I mean, we were talking about that earlier this year already too. No, but this would be a nail in the coffin. I mean, Georgia has already taken over the top program in college football, but now it would just be this would be nail in coffin because. What happens with these air raid teams is eventually, while it might start out great, eventually the physicality of football gets to this air raid system every single time. It did under Mike Leach. That's why Mike Leach was only so good and never made a natty or whatever. Lincoln Riley is the same thing, same way. Every time he ran into an SEC school in the college football playoff, he just got absolutely demolished along the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he put up points, but his defenses couldn't stop anybody. And it's like the defenses of a air raid offense just become soft at the line of scrimmage, and I don't know why. Sorry, I'm taking a look to see if there wasn't anything um, on the wires. On the wires? Them. And there wasn't. Yeah, what? I can't say that. On the yeah, No one knows that, that. What does that mean? On the wires. I mean, it's, uh, uh I don't, how See, do you, you don't know. That? No, it, it, the wires, I'm assuming that was originally for like telegraph, telegraph or something like that. But things coming in across the wire was like news updates and things like that. This was just for the coaching carousel. Um, I don't think there's anything too, too new out there. No, I mean, lots, still lots of assistance getting changed as of today. Um, Josh Hupel, Hupel, Hypel, Hypel. He got his yeah. uh, big raise, like Tennessee. Oh, his contact, his contract, nine million dollars annually oh, wow. through twenty twenty eight. There's no way that Jim Harbaugh that it become that spring passes and Jim Harbaugh doesn't have a new contract extension, making letting him make somewhere between nine and ten million. Well, here's the thing: if it comes out, now we technically just speculated that. Ward, whatever this guy right. is, AD from Michigan. Yeah, if it comes out, if somebody finds out that he got that he got uh, Matt Weiss fired, there's going to be a mutiny on on their hands. Because first of all, if it finds out, Jim's not going to be happy. And if Jim's not going to be happy, then the boosters aren't going to be happy. And if the boosters aren't going to be happy, then the president's not going to be happy. And this clearly came across to me. The president handling things didn't come across to me as Jim went over Ward's head. It came across to me as the president was tired of the kids fighting, and so he took care of it. That's fair, but then I 
I just think when when there's a power move like that, right? Then there's always some sort of change, and it's clearly not going to be Jim Harbaugh. So is this the beginning of the end yeah. for Ward Manuel? Yeah, yeah, no. Probably. I would ex- I, if it comes out, he's fired. No, I don't even think it has to come out. Or I don't think anything comes out. Do I don't think Ward Manuel got Matt Weiss fired. That wasn't what I was trying to say. But it, what I was trying to say I was Ward, Ward Manuel found out that whether this is justified, whether there was a malicious intent, uh, intent behind what Matt Weiss did, but Ward Manuel was out for Jim Harbaugh and was looking for a way to get back to him, and so he fired this guy based on university policy when he probably didn't do anything but use a username and password that he was given and delete a file if that's what he did uh probably it was actually someone left their email open and he was scrolling through it if i had to guess because if it's in a shared facility like either way either way it to me it's minor (laughs) either way so it's just after a as i told our mother today at lunch i think We, as Michigan fans, need to really hope that the leadership that comes from the players this year will carry this team at the start of the season. Because the coaches are going to have a lot to answer for, and there's going to be a lot of hype around Michigan at the start of 2023. They might even be the number one ranked team come opening day. Or number two, I I think that that's a really good possibility. Definitely top three, and that's a really high ranking. And last time we were ranked that high to start a season was 2007 when we fell flat on our face to Appalachian State. (laughs) So J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum and all these offensive linemen that are coming back for their senior year, they need to buckle down, work hard this offseason, and then go and not lose to Appalachian State. That's pretty much it. That's fair. Sorry, I'm I'm quickly reading up to see if if there's anything for anything. I mean, he's been Ward's been athletic director for what four seven years now. So it's I mean it's possible that he could get booted, but I don't know. It's a weird situation for sure. Um, as I just, sorry, as I'm just trying to read here a little bit, um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is such a weird situation that I want to say we haven't seen before because we have, um, it's first time at Michigan. I think we've seen this though in our, which is almost like their introduction to the elite party. Right. Uh, well, I mean, like, because all the call elites, a, you want to call Louisville elite, so yeah. But all of all of the scandals and these petty things that put these teams in the news, right, are it happened at all the elite programs. Like Bama had the Jimbo Fisher thing. Ohio State had the you know players selling memorabilia to get tattoos. BS like that. You know, Georgia just had a player arrested for like felony felony elder abuse. Like what what are we doing? Like all of these top program like that should be more news over the fact that Michigan bought a kid a sandwich and kept <laughs> an, a, an analyst a little too long. Right? 
Or about the kid in Florida. Did you hear about this? This high school kid in Florida. Which one? That, that was promised $13 million in NIL. And so he committed to the University of Florida. And then once he committed, it turns out that there was no $13 million. Like the company didn't have enough to pay him. No, I did not hear about that. So he this. asked out of his commitment at Florida. And Florida gave it to him. But now there's a five-star quarterback out there a few days, like a week and a half before signing day. Huh. Awkward. Yeah. In case anybody hasn't been able to uh, tell, this is us totally unprepared. Well, there's not much. There's there's not much structure, you know, to talk about. That's I mean, there I'm isn't. Th- throw this thing on our podcast right now. I mean, that's fair. I mean, we can also just kind of throw this thing on autopilot. Uh, I was gonna jump into like wrapping up the year for each individual okay. team. Sure, like, go starting for it. off there. You're you're gonna want. I'm gonna throw you Purdue. You think you can wrap up and preview Purdue for last year and this coming year off the top I, of your head? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I can. Uh, all Purdue, right. Purdue overachieved in their expectation in 2022. They had a five-year starter, uh, a fifth-year senior at quarterback, and a fifth-year senior at wide receiver. And so their pass game was explosive. Jeff Brom always comes up with good passing schemes. However, like most good Purdue teams, their defense kind of really was trash. They took advantage of a very trash Big Ten West with the down fall of Wisconsin that was uh, stamped by... Paul Criscott firing and a down year by Minnesota and Iowa as well. And so they moved on. Um, They got to the big 10 championship game and then got shellacked in their bowl game at LSU. And for 2023, they hired a defensive minded head coach to be uh, a defensive minded head coach. And they're going to have to replace a lot of talent on offense. So I don't think it's going to end well for Purdue in 2023. Yeah. Ryan Walters, I believe. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan Walters. I think he was the Illinois head coach. Defensive coordinator, I think. Defensive coordinator, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because most, it was the guy who was at Purdue left for Louisville. Right. Yes, Jeff Brom went to Louisville. Yes, got it. That's hence why I'm confused. I was expecting a little bit uh, more than just you're screwed. Uh, I'm not gonna. Well, no, but they kind of are. Like they they hired. They went from an offensive minded head coach who could only win four games to now a defensive minded head coach who came from Illinois, so he doesn't have a huge track record of success or coming from a school with success. So now we're just going to believe that Purdue can go 8-4 and four again? 8-6, uh, and six, thank you. 8-6? and six? Yeah, whatever. Well, it was 8-4 and four regular season, oh, and yeah. then they had the loss in the Big Ten Championship game and the shellacking at LSU. So 8-4? and four? No, probably not. They're probably going to be like... Six and six or five uh, and seven. I would be surprised if they're even that good this next year. Okay. I mean, here's the real question because I actually want to. We texted about something earlier, and I would like to ask apologies for everybody. I had a 103 fever yesterday that I am oh. still getting over. Um, in the Big Ten West, it, does Luke Fickle at Wisconsin actually make a difference? 
I say yes, but now they're going against the Wisconsin identity for 20-plus years, and they're going air raid on offense. All right, what was the... Oh, ground and pound, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sure they'll still run the football, but it just... It just doesn't sit right. Like, you can... Michigan modernized what the Michigan brand of football was, which was running the football 40 times a, a game. pro-style offense. Oh God, right, that's okay. That's called. Fair enough. But Michigan updated to where the NFL is with this pro-style offense. They ran mm-hmm. a lot from the pistol, and they were explosive on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like So now you're going from ground and pound at Wisconsin to air raid, where you're going to throw it probably 40-plus times a game. In a region that well, hasn't a five-star had... quarterback available for 13 mil from Florida. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, in a region that isn't known for signing high-touted high school quarterbacks, it, it just screams uneasiness to start. I think the Luke last... Fickle will be successful, and it wouldn't surprise me if he wins the Big Ten West next year, but it just doesn't sit well with well, me. You have to remember Desmond Ritter. He got Desmond Ritter. Which was a no name, and he's done. He did okay in the NFL this year, um, when he had to come in. I, I'm sure that there will be development, and Wisconsin eventually will be a good football team. I'm nine, saying, ten wins not, a year, but it's not like the last good Wisconsin quarterback was Russell Wilson. Yes, and he was a transfer. Yeah my my point is my point being they need to. When teams go from one identity and a new coach comes in and completely flips it to something else, it doesn't tend to go well the first couple years. Well, okay. Let's put a pin in that and jump over to another thing that everybody thinks is going to go well, which is Colorado. Oh, my goodness. Don't even. Oh, what is that? It's a can of compressed air. Oh, can of compressed hair. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be able to buy a whole bunch of players. He's going to bring the swagger and whatever. But it, I mean, it's that's really a totally de- different. It, it, that's a totally it, different style. Now, granted, he's a defensive-minded head coach, but it, it's all fine and dandy until these two five-star corners that he has, Travis Hunter and whatever, go up against USC and that speed, or Oregon or Utah, right? Like it's completely completely different I'll, I'll be intrigued i hope it works out for him but when you basically walk into your first meeting and say my son's the starting quarterback and you all better get ready to jump in the transfer portal like that doesn't exactly build camaraderie well okay he's trying to clean he's trying to clean the slate and wipe the slate clean and build it from the ground up but that takes time in college football Okay, so you're basically saying the same exact thing that you just said about Luke Fickle. No, I think Luke Fickle can do it. I just don't know if it'll be right away. Give him three, four years. I think eventually it'll be there. But years one and two might be a little dicey. I I don't know if Deion Sanders can do it. He did it at, at the FCS level at Jackson State in the SWAC. He didn't even... But we don't know how good the SWAC is because they don't compete Anywhere in the of, yeah. FCS playoff. Right, exactly. So how good is Deion Sanders? No one will know. Like, I don't have faith that Deion Sanders can turn around Colorado. Mostly because hmm. it's Colorado. 
Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the same sort of recruiting change, like culture change as Wisconsin, is it not? No, because Colorado sucked. Like, Wisconsin, for the better part of the last decade, was a 9- or 10-win football team every single year. Except for the past three years. Well, they won nine games last two years ago, and then this last year, yes, they only got to five, five or six. Well, they made a bowl game, so they actually made it to seven. So again, the bet, <laughs> the better part of the last decade, Wisconsin was actually pretty good. Okay, Colorado has not been good in twenty-five years, yeah, except for that one. 80s, probably, except for that one year that they made the Pac-12 championship game. Also, I have to disagree with you for a hot second. He is a he is a back defensive backs guy. You have to remember Deion Sanders played. Yeah, De- I know who Deion Sanders at the, is. At, I'm just saying, put some respect on my man's name about coaching cornerbacks. You think he's going to be able to at least coach his own position? Sure, maybe. Okay, like, maybe. So, uh, uh, listen, at least for those two guys that you said, like, screw the rest of the team. Two of the twenty-two players. On offense and defense, you'll at least be able to handle. So when you're saying when maybe, but up corners against... also tend to have a cocky attitude, and it's ne- when was the last time you heard of a highly touted corner out of high school making waves in the NFL? Dude, when was the last time you heard of a highly touted anything other than quarterback out of high school making waves in the NFL? Uh, running backs a lot. Running backs and wide receivers. Who was the last running back? Oh, last running I can't ba- think of any. Off well, the top Derrick of Henry. He was highly touted out of out of high school. Yeah. Oh my good. Oh my goodness. Yes. Do you have? Do you not know Derrick Henry's high school stats? My memory is no. What was Derrick Henry's high school stats? <laughs> just, just just type in your little Google there. Derrick Henry high school stats. We're we're gonna take a minute here and and I'll talk about. But a lot of wide receivers as well. Listen, I hope Dion can do it because I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. And if he stays at Colorado, which is not what he's trying to do, I'm sure he's trying to make his way back to the ACC, specifically Florida State. But Mike Norvell seems to have that team turned around. Uh so I don't know a that freshman as a freshman he ran for. Just shy of 2,500 yards and 26 touchdowns, averaging 7.9 carries. Sophomore year, he bumped it up to just shy of 2,800 yards, 38 touchdowns, averaging 8.9 yards attempt. Junior, uh, he was down um, 2,600 yards, 34 scores. He subsequently, this quote, he subsequently had the perhaps the greatest season ever as a running back as he recorded, holy crap, 4,200 yards and 55 touchdowns in his senior yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, and Simeon, you got to remember, with playoffs for these high school teams, that's a 12-game season. Max. So he in he recorded in his high school career thir- – uh, 1,400 carries for 12,124 yeah. yards and 153 tutties. He's the only player in football, in the history of the game of football, to run for 2,000 yards in high school, did it multiple times, obviously, college at Alabama, and the NFL. The only player in the history of football to do that. 
So he broke Ken Hall's all-time record, and I'm not sure if that's nationally high school or the state of Florida, but his 510 rushing yard game broke Florida's high school single single game record. Yes. Dude's a beast. Dude's a beast. Well, they don't call him... Okay, oh, hold up. God. And I just realized this, and we're, this is a very tangenty thing as Micaiah breaks his house. Uh, Alvin Kamara, did did he re- did Derrick Henry replace Alvin Kamara at Alabama? They were all on, like, the same, like, they were at the same time. Yeah, but then he transferred to Juco, and then he transferred to Tennessee. I didn't know right. he transferred to Tennessee. Right. Dang. Speaking of transferring, sorry, now that we're off at the Coach Prime thing, I didn't realize this. JT Daniels. Yeah. So, JT Daniels last season was the quarterback for the West Virginia Mountaineers. He is a is it a 6th year or is it his, this is 5th year redshirt senior? Redshirt senior, that would be his 5th year. Well, I don't know. I have to I'm looking this up so, now. So, so he's he started He so, started at Georgia. He started at Georgia for no, 2 he years. Started he started at USC. Oh, that's from 2018 right. to 2019. Then he transferred to Georgia for one year, 2020 to 2021, where he got replaced by Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Then went to West. <coughs> nice. Excuse me. Then he went to West Virginia. Uh huh. And now he's at Rice. And now he's at Rice. Yeah. He he really took a hard slide, and he was like the number one recruit when he came out too, like the number one quarterback at least. He when he went 12, to USC. Yards, one fifty-two touchdowns and fourteen yeah. interceptions. Yeah, and the thing was, he wasn't bad at USC. It's just that he got outplayed, an injury, and outplayed by Stetson Bennett at Georgia, and then and then uh, Stetson Bennett won that first natty for him, so he transferred out. And then he didn't play terrible at West Virginia, but that team was kind of not great, especially that defense. And then he transferred to Rice, so he's really backslid. He's gone the wrong way. He started at the. Uh, peak of college football and college football program, and he backslid all the way to Rice. He was a five-star recruit ranked as number one overall. Yep. According to Rivals.com. There you go. So this has got it. If it was 2018, so 2018, 2019, 19 to 20, 2021, 21, 22. Fourth program in six-year year yeah. collegiate career. I didn't realize he was benched midseason. Yep. Dear he Lord, started I... two football seasons ago. He started that opening game against Clemson. It was Georgia Clemson. It was it ended up being like a six to thirteen game or something like that. Six mm-hmm. to ten, something like that. He started that game for Georgia. You act like I would remember this. Oh well, here's my you question. Should. Is this a good thing for the transfer portal or a bad thing? This is exactly what I said the transfer portal was gonna come. That all of the that eventually it will it will benefit the lower level schools. Like it won't surprise me at all if JT Daniels goes to Rice and just rips it up. Well, this is Rice isn't necessarily wasn't the worst school. They're in the American, I think. I, I conference USA, I think. But I, I again, it will filter so much where all the positions will be taken, and these guys will just want to play football. So you will get probably some highly touted conference. players. Going to these lower level, quote unquote, level programs. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, I'm just taking a look. Yeah, it is. Uh, you're 100 percent correct. It is. Uh, 
Conference USA. Conference USA. That's what but I do. Jackson, uh, Jacksonville State. Ah, my apologies. I was I was getting confused. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, these are things that I have thought of and that I've picked up. And then well, I'm did you to. see what happened with Ed Reed at uh, Bethune Cookman? Another happened. HBCU. So they hired Ed Reed, the Hall of Fame safety Ed Reed, as oh. their head football coach. It's coming, starting to come back to me. Yep. Then they announced that they won't ratify his contract. Then the school put that statement out, which means that yep. they couldn't come to an agreement. Yeah. Then uh, Ed Reed came out with a video and said that this school's corrupt. Dion had it right. This whole, all the HBCUs, they're corrupt, etc. I don't want to leave. The school is forcing me out because I'm going to expose things and do things the right way. And then he came out with a statement after that video was released saying, uh, saying that. And then Dion got on, uh, they posted like a video call together where Dion Sanders said the exact same thing that he said. So, and he says that he is fighting it. He's not, they are letting him, releasing him from his contract. He doesn't want to go anywhere. So they're essentially firing Ed Reed and he just got there three months ago. So what do, what do we think this is? Oh, I, I have no idea. I just find it fascinating. I mean, there's something bigger going also, on right now. In 2023, Rice is joining the American. So, thank you very much. All I was right. right. So, okay, okay. So he'll play in a good conference then, uh, JT Daniels. Yeah. So, he, well, I mean, this is the same American that will be losing. What is it? Houston, Cincinnati, and UC, UCF. Yeah. True. So, um, here's my question. Okay. Are we starting to see, and we've already had this discussion, as I rem just remembered, we need to make sure mom doesn't have any questions we need to answer for her. Are we starting to see more and more of a schism happening <coughs> Excuse me, between administration and athletics, specifically in football? I, I think so because I think that the pro that the that the football is outgrowing the institution and you've touched on that where you've said in this podcast before that you believe in uh well you said eighteen months I'm pretty sure that it will eventually be football that the that the football at these universities will be completely separate from the academics. Yeah. And so I, I think so because if nothing else, these athletic directors don't know how to handle these multi-billion-dollar corporations that they're in charge of. At the very least, that's what's happening. At the most, it's that the administration really does have it out for football, really doesn't like football, and is trying to find a way to undermine it this entire time. Somehow, our mother, uh drew parallels between the NCAA and the recruiting and what we're just talking about and the affordable cares act. Yep. hundred um, percent. It was actually pretty, we... it was actually pretty good, but it, I'm no, sure it was. She, she's not wrong. Her over for those of you who can't read our text messages and uh, haven't hacked our phone. Which yet, I hope is that. all of you, which I hope is all of you. But however, Matt Weiss might be out there. Um, she was saying that the Affordable Care Act started with like 
a few big building blocks, which are they wanted to give access to the college kids finding a job and they could stay on their parents' insurance until they were 26 and covering people with pre-existing conditions and allowing people to shop for healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. And they started with those building blocks and then it became something else, which we won't get into, but that's what the NCAA, but more specifically, not the NCAA to break away from the NCAA and do. They need to focus on two or three topics, which I would say it's the transfer portal and how that is structured, NIL and how that is structured, and then networks and TV contracts and how that is structured. And start with those three building blocks and then go from there. And I don't know if we'll ever get there, but I really hope so. And I think that it might happen before the start of the 2025 season. So before the start of when like Texas and Oklahoma join. So it would be at the very end. It would be the season right after the first college football expanded playoff to 12. I'm just going to go with, yeah, because I was trying to understand this whole paying con- attention. Uh, sure. This whole conference realignment thing is really throwing me off. I need to see if I can't find something because, okay, so technically the American was the Big East, but not really. And that just confuses me. Um, whatever Makai just said was probably 100% accurate. Makai, we're going to end on some conference <laughs> realignment talk, I think, mostly because I'm trying to still understand what is going on. So we are going to look for the 2023 NCAA conference realignment. And what are, uh, what are we talking about with this? Just what's going on and what is happening. A lot's going on, mainly to the Big 12 and the American. However, Conference USA... And Conference USA. Conference USA is going away, pretty much. They're going to have, like, seven teams. And the Sun Belt, like, Sun Belt members are going to the American. Conference USA members are going to the Sun Belt. And American members are going to the Big 12. And the Big 10 eventually, hopefully, will go to uh, Conference Realignment like division realignment and figure that out. Cause that needs to happen. So, um, just to redo this. So conference USA is going to the American. Yep. Um, the American is going to the big 12 and then the two teams from the big 12 are headed over to the, to the sec, but that's in 2024. 2023 is the last two C is the last season for UC USC and UCLA. From the Pac-12, they'll be joining the Big Ten in 2024 as well. Um, but no, UTSA is moving from Conference USA to the American. University. The American or the Sun Belt? I thought they were going to the Sun American. Belt. Oh. They are going from Conference USA to the American. Okay. UCF is moving from the American to the Big 12. Strong. UAB is moving from Conference USA to the American. Sam Houston State is moving from FCS to FBS with into Conference USA. Rice and North Texas are moving from Conference USA to the American. Uh, New Mexico State, Liberty, and Jacksonville State. Um, New Mexico State and Liberty were independents. They're moving to Conference USA, which just cracks me up. 
and then uh, Jacksonville State was FCS moving to Conference USA. Then so Houston, the Sun Belt and Houston's going from the American. Sun Belt's to... doing nothing. Oh, I definitely. Oh, okay. So really, their big addition was JMU. The Sun really? Belt? Yeah. Uh, which, yeah. Which that um, didn't even work out in their favor because they didn't even even have their two best teams competing in the championship game. Because JMU was one of the Sun Belt's two best teams. Yeah, it, it's funny. Because, it, I mean, they were their best team at the end. At the end of the season, JMU basically should have been the conference champion. It, it should have been it JMU not been for and that rule. State. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Had it not been that rule, it would that would have been the case. And I'm just double checking here. So I didn't uh, realize the American is adding a bunch of team like a bunch of new teams that'll be interesting to see how that power shift goes but i guess that i mean tulane's still there would you take tulane again or would you take someone else in the american in the american next year just way too early prediction way too early prediction now this this is conference is going to be loaded next year in my opinion um, wait, JMU is, oh, they're in, JMU is an affiliate member of, that's hilarious, for the women's lacrosse. Okay. W- once you get into affiliate members, because, like, not all sports play, which never, which doesn't, ne- never makes any sense to me. Like, men's soccer, they'll just be in different leagues. And it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, that play football. Hmm. That is a great question. And let me think about this out loud. Uh, I think UAB is going to be a lot better a lot better than we than we give them credit for. UTSA, I think, is going to have their coach just got extended. So if whoever Oh, I forgot about UT, in, yeah, UT, UTSA. I mean, their offense was really good. Yeah. So um, they'll have SMU, obviously. SMU's not going anywhere. No, and um, Tulane's not going anywhere. And Tulane's not going anywhere. So I think I think the question is, which one's going to be the third power that brings it in? My guess is it's probably going to be UTSA, assuming they're, they have a good enough replacement quarterback. But way too early, probably. And I don't know if SMU has their quarterback back. Assuming they do, SMU, I think it's going to be a... SMU sort of related. I'm guessing the two lanes going to be a one and done, a one and done thing. And then the Big Twelve that'll be fun for a year with Texas and Oklahoma there with Houston and Cincinnati. And I mean, UCF. they're finally going to actually be big enough a big enough conference to make sense to to, to kind of uh, yeah scream a little bit. It's kind of funny with the addition with Texas Oklahoma leaving and then all the additions. If Texas and Oklahoma would stay, it would, it probably would turn into the all around best conference. For sure. I mean, you're, you have to, you also have to remember, so they're getting the three from the American, and then they're also getting BYU. Oh, yeah, and BYU hasn't been a slouch for the last decade either. I mean, I think BYU, all BYU, the missing piece that BYU is missing was just the fact that they didn't need to be in a conference, and now everybody got over that. Also, the fact that BYU is joining a conference and Liberty is joining a conference – what do you think that says for Notre Dame? You think they finally buckle up and join the ACC or the Big Ten? Uh, I think eventually, yeah. I mean, they would have to, or they're dead I, in the next I, two years, right? I think that, yeah, 
I think when, when it comes to the ex- so the expanded playoff helps their case to be independent, but there's going to be so much money and that NBC eventually is and all these other TV programs are going to be like, no, we're not going to pay ha- like half a billion dollars to air your home games. They, we're just not going to do. They that. don't need to. NBC has part of the Big Ten now, right? And that's what I'm saying is that NBC will just let that contract expire and then Notre right. Dame's going to be scrambling and the only way they're going to get their TV money is if they join a conference, 100%. Right. Correct. Because everyone's going to look around and be like, no, we're not going to pay half what we're paying for a full conference just for your home games. Get out of here. Like, they're too smart for that. Do you know, this is a funny little thing. Do you know that uh, enrollment at University of Oklahoma is half that of the University of Texas? No, I didn't, but it kind of makes sense considering that Oklahoma is smaller than Texas. That's fair. Anyway, Makai, I don't got anything else. No, bro, I'm done. This was was chaotic. This was fun. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved every moment of it. So, for those of you not keeping track who did not enjoy this, sucks to suck for you guys. We love you. We will hopefully see you next week, if not in two weeks, but probably next week for more chaos. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye-bye. Wash your hands, you filthy animals.